name is Andrew Einstein. I'm a cardiologist at Columbia University Medical Center in New York, the United States. Uh, and I'm also an associate editor of Heart Asia, a BMJ journal. Uh, and, and we're here with the BMJ podcast uh, with Dr. Ernest V. Garcia from Emory University, uh, who's written a, a fascinating paper uh, which is published uh, in Heart Asia on the topic of strategic planning, a tool for personal and career growth. Uh, Ernie, welcome. It's, it's really a pleasure to have you. Th thanks for the fascinating article, which is really a, a bit off the uh, beaten uh, track for, uh, for what we see in cardiology journals uh, and, and imaging journals, but, but really so vital uh, for our readers and particularly uh, for younger people. Th thanks so much for joining us, Ernie. Thank you, Andrew. And, uh... I'm looking forward to this uh, uh, conversation just because of what you said. This is a very different type of uh, article. <laughs> I, for starters, Ernie, can you tell us your background? I know you're a distinguished professor at Emory University now, but how did you get to, to the point uh, where you are today? Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so I've, I've been at Emory 30 years, and I've been in nuclear uh, medicine, particularly cardiology, since 1971. I started out as a physicist, uh, actually uh, being inspired by the life of Einstein, and uh, uh, was going to be an astrophysicist, and then the, there were some budget changes in the United States, and uh, ended up doing uh, nuclear medicine, which I'm very happy uh, for the change. Uh, but between my physics background, and then I was lucky to get... Uh, uh, computer training very early on, uh, actually not at the university, but through the power company in Florida, uh, I kind of became very interested in uh, objective uh, quantification, interpretation, uh, basically changing the paradigm from uh, the art of image interpretation to um, the science of image interpretation. And that's pretty much been my career for many, many years. Now, uh, as you said, this article is on, uh, a tool for personal and career growth, so this is a combination of uh, many things. <laughs> so the idea here started when I was vice chair of research uh, in radiology, and Emory was undergoing the first strategic plan. Um, we're talking back in 97, and they asked me to do this for radiology, and I started looking into what a lot of people had written and interestingly enough, when I started out, I, uh, I disagreed with a lot of things that I read, and then over time, they kind of convinced me. <laughs> and, uh, and this is why I became uh, a proponent, uh, particularly for the need for strategic planning, not only for an institution, uh, but also uh, personally, both career and in your, in your personal life. And it's been through giving this lecture at, uh, at Emory. We have uh, a radiology uh, leadership academy and uh, various uh, um, career development type of uh, lectures that we give, uh, like you say, particularly for junior faculty. And this is kind of the message that I give them. And every year I learn something new. Every year they ask me and they challenge me with new questions, and uh, and I try to answer it. And um, when BMJ approached me about this, we had a conversation. I told him what I was doing, and and I decided to put it down on paper, and I'm happy I did. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. 
so why don't we dig into the, the content of your paper a bit? I, I think it's chock full of, of wisdom uh, and deals with some abstract concepts, for example, success. So how do you define success, and, and how should we define success? So actually, I, I, I have to also keep quoting Einstein for that one. Uh, you know, Einstein said, don't be concerned about success, be concerned about providing value. And uh, uh, even though I started out with this presentation and these lectures years ago talking about success, I've switched to career growth and, and, and uh, personal growth and more uh, about uh, how, how do you personally define the, you know, your worthiness, the value of your life, and the value of your career, and uh, because it is, as you say, success is kind of uh, a very subjective thing, and it's in the eye of the beholder. But I think value uh, should be something that you should personally uh, define. And again, it's very difficult to define it uh, because I think it's different for for everybody. Uh, but if you you know, when we go through the paper, I talk a lot about a vision. And vision is uh, the one thing that has really stuck with me in terms of uh, what is really important uh, to define how you see value uh, in the things that you do. And, uh, you know, for years, I tried to come up with a definition of vision, and I, I, I had a really hard time doing it. And then I came up with this paper from uh, Napoleon Hill from uh, in the 1930s. And uh, he didn't call it really vision, but he said this is what uh, uh, the people that he had known in his life that had made tremendous contributions like Edison and Ford and people like that. And basically that, that vision is a refusal to compromise a circumstance. So somewhere along your life you get to a point that you say, you know, there's something that I can bring value to. I don't like the way it is and I can change it, and this is the value that I'm going to provide to this particular condition. You know, and it can be anything from trying to bring uh, clean water to the jungles of South America to uh, uh, coming up with a new theory on uh, how to uh, image patients. Definitely. So, so vision is sort of an abstract idea, but how, how do you recommend operationalizing uh, vision to, to make sure that, that it's effective? You talk about SWOT analysis uh, in, in your manuscript? Right, right. But this is, uh, you know, uh, it, it has to start with something that drives you. And, uh, you know, in the very end of the, uh, of the manuscript, when I summarize it, uh, if, if I can read that, it says, vision generates the passion you will need to have the perseverance you need to accomplish your mission, which when achieved will help you create a future consistent with your conviction of success, Again, and we could call it your conviction of uh, providing value. So as you know, Andrew, uh, because I know about your work and how hard you work, something has to drive you. And, and you know, what I tell young people is, it, it can be money, it can even be uh, academic titles. Uh, those to me are rewards. That's not what drives you, that's not why you do things. You do things because you have this need inside of you. And, and, and you know, and some of us uh, have this research need, uh, which is a search for a particular type of truth that we're trying to find and present to other people. So, so once you had that passion, that drive, 
that is, is your vision, then you can start putting down into, okay, so what is your mission? Uh, and uh, how do I come up with a plan? How to come up with a long-term plan? How do I break that long-term plan into a short-term plan? And uh, and that's when you try to be, uh, you know, it's tough because <laughs> as I tell people, the person that knows you least is yourself and uh, you often get in the way of your own success, in the way of your own uh, uh, journey to uh, finding your value. And uh, um, so so it is, it is a journey. <laughs> But uh, uh, as you know, it's a journey that, that defines your life. So how do we avoid uh, getting in the way of ourselves uh, to, to accomplish our, our goals and uh, see our vision come to fruition? You know, we're very biased uh, and we're very critical of ourselves. And this is why a lot of us remember when we were young, particularly kids in school, and someone uh, – sought you out or identified you, told you that, uh, you know, you have something that you can provide to to humanity, and humanity could be as simple as uh, one person, one other person in life, or it could be uh, as writing a paper that, uh, you know, has an impact on reducing radiation on patients or increasing accuracy of detecting heart disease uh, or anything like that. So it starts out with you, uh, probably starts out with someone else believing in yourself, conveying to you to believe in yourself, and then you having that realization. And, you know, I I tell people, I give them, uh, when I finish this lecture, I I give them homework. And one homework is uh, what I call the mirror test, is when you you stand in front of the mirror and you talk to yourself and you try to really be very... um, very honest with yourself. And the other homework problem is I call it the rocking chair test. And that's when you get in a, in a rocking chair and pretend to be uh, 80 years old and you look back into this life that you're projecting and say, okay, did I accomplish? Did I provide value? Am I, uh, am I content with what I've accomplished in life? And so one is looking forward, the other one is looking backwards. And somewhere in there, uh, you try to to find out really who you are and what drives you, right? And uh, but you, you know, we all we always continue to get in, in our own way, right? And it could be the way we look, the way we talk, uh, what people think of us, you know, all these kinds of things. And uh, again, at the beginning, I always thought perseverance was the the trick uh, to success or the trick to getting to to the end of your journey. Uh, reaching your goals, but uh, I've been convinced that you you have got to have a plan because uh, the plan is you know it's a little bit like a GPS system. <laughs> it's what drives you back, and yeah, you can take uh, you can take side trips or maybe a road is blocked. Like in my own uh, situation, you know, I wanted to be an astrophysicist, and uh, there were no jobs, and uh, not only that, but there were. <laughs> thousands of astrophysicists without jobs. So I knew uh, I had to come up with a, a different type of plan. Uh, but it, it just redefined uh, the things you want to accomplish and keeps getting you to move in that direction. Ernie, have you had mentors in your career? I've had mentors, uh, and I, you know, uh, 
there is this idea uh, of a mosaic uh, mentors, which means you need more than one mentor. And, uh, uh, and different people uh, sit you down and talk to you in different ways. So, uh, so I don't know if you know Andrew and I play in a rock band. <laughs> and, uh, and I wanted to be a musician. Not, not only do I know that you play in a rock band, I, I've heard your rock band uh, perform. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, I wanted to be a musician, and I had someone sit me down and tell me uh, when I was very young, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I know when you're young, it's being a musician sounds great, but this is the life you're going to have. And so different times in my life, uh, either people sat me down or they, uh, or I sought them out. And, and this is why, you know, when I was younger, I would change jobs like every five years when I said, okay, I already earned, learned everything I need to learn from this institution. Now I want to move to the next institution and seek somebody else. And, you know, my time at Cedars was incredible because not only uh, was I able to work with a lot of uh, uh, very motivated young people at the time, like Dan Berman and Jamshi Madai, but I had these older people around, uh, like, uh, you know, Swan and Gans and Elliot Corday and all these incredible people that you could sit there and just learn from their wisdom uh, and when they're good mentors, they criticize you. <laughs> and and uh, that's one thing you have to learn is you have to have a thick skin, right? Because uh, uh, the people who truly want to help you, if all they tell you are great things, how great you are, as you know, Andrew, uh, that's not helpful at all. They have to, you know, I, I and I can remember all these little conversations I had with all these people that got me to the side and said, you know, Ernie, you do this. So I remember one person uh, who, who told me, you know, every time you lecture, y you apologize for uh, the fact that uh, your work is not perfect. Because you got to stop doing that, you know, because that's sending the wrong message. And it also portrays uh, the concerns you have about yourself and your work. And again, so all these little things that I remember my first paper, uh, the, the mentor told me, I said, well, how do I start? I said, well, what do you want to say? <laughs> so I want to say this. Well, go ahead. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> so, you know, it sounds simple when you are uh, older, but uh, when you're young, uh, all these things help a lot. And, you know, the issue about making mistakes, you know, that uh, when you're young, you're so afraid of making a mistake and people are going to ridicule you. Uh, and uh, that's how you learn. And, uh, uh I don't know about your experience, but mine has been that every time I made uh, a technical or scientific error, particularly if it's a big mistake, that's when I really learn. When things happen the way I predict them, I haven't learned anything, right? Uh, so I try to convey that uh, to younger people. And, you know, you have to take risks. If you had to provide three points of wisdom uh, to young people embarking on their career, in, in biomedical research and, and clinical medicine uh, to facilitate uh, their, their personal growth, their career growth, uh, and, and job satisfaction. Uh, what, what would those three recommendations be? So the first one has got to be, uh, so it really goes back to the paper, right? Uh, again, I believe a lot on a vision. You've got to have a vision of uh, who you are and what you want to accomplish. So 
you know, when I sit with a, a young person at, and at Emory, we have a lot of mentoring programs like that. Uh, I'll say, well, you know, it's the usual question, uh, where you want to be in five years, right? But I try to uh, ask it in a lot more uh, uh, specific, focused way. I'll say, okay, five years from now, what, uh, when someone is putting together a meeting, what kind of lecture would, would you like them to think about for you to give? Uh, and what do you want to, you know, so, so that's one of them is the fact that you have a, have a vision. The other is this vision is to be focused. So uh, often, you know, uh, they'll say, oh, I want to be known for cardiac imaging. I'll say, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> you, you know, cardiac imaging is you're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Uh, for people to be able to identify what you're bringing to the party, uh, you really have to be very specific to yourself, and, and that will help you uh, focus your career. Uh, so, again, the vision is huge, and then uh, the planning is next, and that's where uh, uh, you come up, uh, you have to come up with a plan, and again, you have to be very honest with yourself. And that plan is where periodically, uh, you know, whether it's a financial plan where we learn to once a year we need to look back at our, our portfolio and, and this would be your uh, academic portfolio and say, okay, what am I doing? What is it that I don't have enough of? What I have too much of? How do I switch things around? But always, always to keep in that journey to fulfill the goal, to fulfill your vision of how you're going to provide value to uh, to. Um, to this research career, and you know what you and I have chosen is pretty much uh, uh, cardiac imaging. So, how are we providing value, and ultimately, value to the patient because that's what really uh, provides satisfaction. So, and then I also tell people, I also tell them that the last thing is, don't be too concerned about the rewards. If you, if, you know, if you accomplish the journey, if you're if you're on your path to the journey. People will see that, and they and they will reward you, uh, you know, either with promotions or with salary or with you know invitations to uh, lectures, those kinds of things. Hey, Ernie, I see how fortunate the the junior faculty are uh, at at Emory to to have the the benefit of your wisdom uh, and your advice in regarding strategic planning. But I really thank you for sharing that with our broader Heart Asia. Uh, readership. So uh, thank you so much for a fascinating discussion in your paper and a fascinating discussion today. And thank you, Andrew, for uh, reaching out and for the interview. And it's a pleasure sharing this information because it's taken me many, many years to uh, to learn this, uh, uh, these points and uh, hopefully they will be helpful to uh, to younger people. Uh, undoubtedly it will. Thanks so much for joining us today. Music